Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Joe Fixit. One Daddy Hulk. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour for home, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 268. I tried to make it a little sensual for you. I could tell. I heard it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. You did a good yeah. job. Good. Oh, although I in this, in this comic book that we be read i don't think uh daddy hulk thinks mm-hmm. one iota i did about... not perform the character correctly no no he's 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 he only cares about is destroying the world <laughs> and mm-hmm. protecting banner those are his two interests. i i i'm interested to talk about oh yeah uh, this book with you i i this is this is gonna be fun it's a yeah it's a this we, this gonna be good we we uh read uh, this week for Nerba Book Club, uh, read we're going to discuss Immortal Hulk, volumes three through six, by Al Ewing, Joe Bennett, and dozens of other people. Um, but those are the two primary fellows, and we're going to talk about all the Hulks, lots of Hulks. There's lots of different Hulks. We touched, we started, we read the other, the, the first two volumes in the way way back, and uh, we're going to revisit. I I am also excited to talk about it because uh, it's a good comic book, but. But Eric, we have other business to get to. Fart, fart, fart butt. But fart butt. We have other business to get to. Before we get there, we have our first segment. It's time for Flobby's Fortnightly. Flobby's Fortnightly is a part of the show where Eric and I will read a selection of the past couple of weeks' books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, if there's a, if we're feeling mushy about our decision, we, there may be a mush meter involved. But our first book of the week is Bliss, number one. And there is a credits page that I already got away from. Story by Sean Lewis, art by Caitlin Yarsky. And this comic book featuring Lynn Manuel Miranda. I was going to say the same fucking thing because that is not even subtle. It's Lynn Manuel Miranda. So one of my friends, one of my friends uh, has convinced me that Lynn Manuel is a sucker MC. I'm sorry to break it to you. I mean, I don't have any feelings about Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I mean, he is very talented, and the soundtrack to uh, Hamilton is pretty damn good. Uh, it's just that he's kind of not the best person on earth to perform it. It's he's, the, uh, he's he's like a he's like a B plus. He's he's a, he's a Bob Dylan, I think. That's there's a lot of the people I like could, that. I, that's not a bad yes. That's a fair comparison. Although I think. His rapping is better than Bob Dylan's singing. Yeah, I agree with you there, too. Um, but, but still. Still. This comic book does not... It stars Lin-Manuel, some character that is, that is not actually Lin-Manuel Miranda. It just looks exactly mm-hmm. like Man, Lin-Manuel Miranda. In, yeah. I, I, Do you not like this? I don't I don't know how I feel about this comic. I, that's, I enjoy that's, it. Okay. I I do enjoy this. What do you what what do you like about it? 
I think that the art is gorgeous. I really like the cartooning and the stylization of these characters. Um, I have no misgivings about the art. The art itself is very yeah, good. But that goes a long way for me, that it is a, a unique art style doing good storytelling, bringing good emotion to the story. Um, it's really drawing me in to a story that is not that unique, but the art style is very like, it's, it's, it's very like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of, it, it's a lot of my, uh, my, my high points. Like I, I can see Sylvain Chomet, you know, triplets of Belleville mm-hmm. influence in it. I can see, other other French artists, I can I can see um, I don't know just just, just stuff that I love mm-hmm. you know I, I mean I would say a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, European comics you know they have some some Lucky Luke esque stylization but it's also dark and gritty I just it 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 makes me happy to read this this really dark ugly story <laughs> it's just it's just I don't know. I, I I think part of it is it's it's there's not anything in it that is bad. I don't want to I don't want to say that this is a bad comic book because it's not a bad comic book. Mm-hmm. It is. I think there's a few things weighing against me. I, I think this is a comic book I will 100% read and trade. Mm-hmm. I think that is part of it is that this story is like I don't like it feels like kind of like a like a character piece more than it feels like a comic like comic book you know normally you're like okay you have a big you 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 have your big story beats on the right pages and then you end Mm -hmm. with a the biggest story beat a big hook right at the end so people want to buy that's the second issue Mm -hmm. or the third on and on and i feel like this story is a little bit slower paced it is a little bit more of a like it is literally a son defending his father in front of some tribunal in some future. And that like, that's all the context we have for the future section. We don't really know. Like all I can read is like, is it in, he- is it heaven? Like, is it that is it the afterlife? I'm not sure. Um, is it, in, is it, is it real? Is it not? There's like ragged curtains on there. So I don't know if that's a clue or not. Like that's the only, like it's a very ornate, big auditorium. And there's but there's ripped cor- curtains, and there's a big audience that feels like they can be brought in from like imagination or whatever. So I, I feel like it might be an afterlife type situation. I'm not sure, but I feel like that's what I'm mostly struggling with. Is like okay, you have this son defending his father for his father have done this th- terrible sins. I guess to keep his son alive, but I just there's not I'm like I don't know what well. Is there more of it than that? It feels like there is, but mm. we we haven't quite gotten any of that yet. And it's like, well, you're going to have to keep reading to get it. And I'm like, uh, I I I think I wanted more of a little bit of a tease, um, but I don't know. I'm pretty cut and dry on this. Um, okay, and I think you you talking about the trade really like it absolutely crystallizes in my head that like this is a book like you have someone over to your house and you're like, holy shit, look at this awesome book. Like that's, that's what this book is. That This is the book that I pull off my shelf and look, I'm like, look, this is fucking beautiful. And the story is, is, I mean, I don't have the misgivings that you have. I'm not, I'm not uninterested in the things that you're talking about, but I'm not, I don't really care enough to pick them apart. 
I I'm pretty shallow in my appreciation for this. Um, that like I, I I see enough that I'm just happy to look at this. Um, I think that it does enough to earn my dollars. I I don't know. I'm I I I'm on board. I can I enjoy what they're doing here enough that I can look past a lot of misgivings, and I don't think that there's enough. This is at least competent enough that it doesn't insult my intelligence no it 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 doesn't do that i I feel like it's not it's more just maybe it's because we read immortal hulk this week as well which is so perfectly geared into making you continue reading more it's just like boom big cliffhanger read more hook and you're like okay yes and this is like uh, okay it's it's like very slow and beautiful but kind i don't know i i it I feel like I am a buy the trade. Like I will, I think mm-hmm. I just want, I will read when you give me an arc of this, I will happily digest it that way. And that's not a negative for this book. It's just a lot. I feel like I, I'm, I think I'm like, I officially am like, that is an official designation in our, in our, uh, in our, uh, our criteria now, where it's just like, I'm not a sell on this, but I am a buy the trade. I think I'm in on both. Okay. By I don't. The- I don't need the other. I don't need. I don't need to follow this month to month. But like this, like number one, I'm. I, I love it. I want the trade of this okay. real bad. All right. Uh, so that's double buy. List number one in two different ways. Um, next up is Empire number one and effectively two. Um, but we're gonna. I. I. I don't know if we want to judge them separately. Um, but I don't care. Yeah, me neither. But story: Al Ewing and Dan Slott. Script: Al Ewing. Art: Valerio Shitty. Colors: Marty Gracia. Letters: Joe Caragmania. And I'm pretty sure the creative team is the same for both of them. So, so are we going to talk about Al Ewing on every one of these books? Um, yeah. You sure, you sure brought him up last time. This is now an Al Ewing podcast. I mean, you said you wanted to Did read you? Empire, Eric, so we were reading Empire. Yeah. Giant, uh, giant size X Men. No, Al Ewing. All right. Well, you should. Uh, you're still going to talk about him, though. I'm going to make you. Okay. Fart butt. Fart butt. Well, how do you feel about? So this is we got Empire one and two. The first couple issues of even even says like I didn't realize on the cover it says Avengers, Fantastic Four, Empire. Like they really want to sell. Like this is an mm-hmm. Avengers, Fantastic Four event. Um, what are you, you said? We you know we were kind of intrigued by those two uh, zero mm-hmm. issues. What if, what effectively what they are? Um, does this satisfy you? Eric? I'm having a good time. Okay, I'm having a good time. I mean, I mean, let me see if, if the thing happens in this book, book or it's the next one. Uh, yeah, the heel turn. The guy that obviously looks like a fucking villain. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the guy who's wearing fucking like heel makeup, and he's like, "Yes, he might." He just, who is it that he sounds like in my fucking head? I, I, oh god, I have to find his. Uh, watch it be in the other book, and I'm just flipping through these pages like a dumb dumb. He had some fucking monologue, and I can't remember who it was. He made me think of. It's probably in the next book if we get to it. I'll 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 read it to you. Okay, which one? You mean uh, the It's whatever whatever this um whatever this fucking tree tree ninja man is. Yes. Uh 
I mean, he everything he says is mm-hmm. it is literally everything he says is that kind of villain. And like, yeah, everyone on everyone knew, like, oh yeah, he's a bad guy. Like, there's not a, it's not so surprise. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. That is literally this guy to a T. Um, I don't mind that honestly. I don't care about like, oh yeah, I predict, oh yeah, like, I don't like. This is not. This is this is absolutely not like. I mean, I'm not going into this expecting like a deep, like th- this is this is a dumb Marvel space story done right. Like I'm I I'm I'm in it. I'm just having a good time. I'm not mired in a bunch of fucking horse shit and character assassination. It's gorgeous art and big dumb shit happening and. I don't know, man. It just feels good. It's just big, dumb, fun shit. Yeah, this is what, what? I, I don't want. Like, we, I feel like we are not nearly as critical about event comics as a lot of people are. Largely because as long, like, I think both of us don't mind events as long as they don't get tried to get mired in stuff that they clearly aren't equipped to handle. Like, mm. like secret empire which is like it's full of like problematic things with like around hydra and nazis and all that crap and like it's clearly trying to tackle big social issues i'm like why why are you trying to do this with your superhero comics where i like where it's an event comic so clearly there has to be a lot of punching and and dumb and dumb monologuing well yeah make it a big dumb tree ninja then guy who's like constantly just like (laughs) let me adjust this slightly human arrangement as a new hobby of mine and you're like oh god all right all right yep that's the right level of shitty i love it okay Mm -hmm. and that's what i want like i want it's a these comics are very pretty it has my my heroes all like getting moments. Uh, Carol's carrying around the fucking the uh, Ronin's hammer now. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, pretty fucking badass. That's pretty good. Uh, after she died for a little while, she was. We get Hulkling. Well, I mean, why why not? But we get we get that we get Hulkling and his sword. Very good. We have Captain Glory, who is genetically engineered not to feel guilt about murdering people (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck are comics i know but and i'm like and frankly it kind of makes me feel better that now they're just fighting plant men because i'm now just like who cares if they kill plant men whatever these guys are clearly terrible villains you can kill them i don't care i don't have any guilt about it I don't feel I don't feel like con- conflicted about reading this comic where like oh Nazi Captain America is fighting this other terrible thing I'm like oh I don't want why is I don't want the oh Frank Castle's on Team Hydra now oh great cool it's it, it's like oh I don't all the my favorite guys they're all fighting on the same side that's that really and it looks pretty it, it, the character voices are are solid mm-hmm. uh, Despite the fact that the cast is big, you don't get lost in the action for the most part. Yeah, it's good. Like, I, that's all I want. You know, I don't need a lot. Yeah. Just get out of your way. Just let him tell this big, dumb story. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I mean, if you're if you're going to have a big epic thing, don't 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 try and I don't know. Just just entertain me. It's fine. It's literally fine. So I'm 
Yeah, I'm a buy on Empire One and Two. I think they're good. You should read them. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Um, double buy. Empire 1 and 2. Next up is Lords of Empire, Emperor Hulkling, number one, written by Chip Zdarsky and Anthony Oliveira. Pencils, Manuel Garcia. Inks, Cam Smith. Colors, Triona Farrell. Letters, Travis Lanham. I I don't want to alarm you, Robbie, but I think this book is a little gay. (laughs) I was going to say, Eric, that if you are, like, one, I suggest you read this book even if you're not following Empire. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a great book. And I've if you are reading Empire, definitely don't skip it, because uh, frankly, this should be part of Empire. Like, I don't. I feels like they should just take an issue of this. Like, this is all. The, like, reading this made me much more committed. Like, oh man, all this stuff going on with Hulkling makes me mm-hmm. much more in, engaged with the main Empire story because it gives mm-hmm. me all the background I need. One hundred percent. Like, uh, you don't. You don't assume any of this from Empire One or Two, and then I read this, and I'm like, "Holy wow, this is this is this is fucking bomb as hell." Yeah, Billy and Teddy's relationship, and the, it, it definitely handled. Um, I don't know, like the fact, it, it, and it made me realize, like, wait a minute, they have they didn't ever set up why Teddy took the like took control of this kingdom why he became the emperor hulkling like oh this is all that story right here i'm like well you should make sure this is you should this is a big capital read this comic book if you're reading mm-hmm. empire it feels like it should like they should be selling this a thousand times harder than they are because it is a beautiful comic uh it's extremely well written handles this relationship really really well is it's funny it's dramatic like, I don't know how else to sell it. Like, this is, even if you're not following Empire, read this comic just for, like, a good relationship issue. Like, it's a good one-shot to, to get a good handle on what, how Teddy and Billy work. It's sweet. It's, like, it's, like, nice. I think my only complaint is that, I don't know, we we don't get en- enough of, I guess it comes back around at the end where, where uh, Teddy is willing to kill the Super Scroll. You know, with his with his with his space sword, but the fact that like yeah yeah he killed his adopted mother and he just kind of punches him once, that was mm-hmm. kind of I was a little bit eh, but eh. feels hollow yeah but you know I, they have to address it you know that it and I feel like there's I imagine here Eric I don't want to blow your mind or anything but I have a feeling <laughs> by the end of Empire, mm-hmm. Hulkling might be fighting. The some of those scrolling Cree people, maybe, might be happening. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna get some complexity in here. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm I I, I support this. Yeah, but I'm a su- they're like, doing a real good job. Yeah, super buy on Emperor Hulkling. This comic's great. Mm-hmm. You should definitely read it. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, double buy Emperor Hulkling number one. Last book of the week is Giant Size X Men number one, Magneto. Written by Jonathan Hickman, Art Ramon Perez, Colors David Curiel, Letters Clayton Cowles. And this is going to be a series of these giant size uh, X-Men. This is Magneto. There will be a Phantom X coming out soon. Moving on forward and forward. Kind of telling these kind of, uh, I guess, side stories that are connected to the overall mm-hmm. X-Men story. But not, I, th- I feel like they carve out, they're carving out their own space for these kind of stories. Not putting them in X-Men or in any of the associated other X-Books. But I was told it's, this should be, I was told, I heard hype about this book, so that's why I'm reading it. 
It's fun. It is. I mean, it, it's it's Magneto doing cool shit. And I don't know. Comics should be fun. Like it doesn't. It doesn't all have to be about like grisly, depressing murder and heroin addicts and people beating women. No, it can be about Magneto and Namor going to like some crypt in the bottom of the ocean and yeah, and fighting ma- fighting a kraken. It's always a kraken. Always a kraken, and they have to make some terrible this choice. Kraken. <laughs> I don't know how tuned how tuned you are into to hockey uh, news. Eric, but that that is the team name for the new Seattle hockey team. I did see that logo. People were talking about it. It's pretty good. I like Seattle Kraken. That's a good name for a hockey mm-hmm. team. People were excited. The jerseys. I'm not. A, I'm my the my Edmonton Oilers are going to be rivals because we're be in the same division. But that jersey is pretty sharp. I kind of want one, but I'm not going to. You you're going to betray your. I'm not your your boys. It, what I, would your prime minister Tim Horton say about that? He would say, uh, uh, "Go Oilers." He wouldn't say that. Tim Horton probably be a Toronto Leafs fan. I don't. I don't remember who Tim. I, Tim Horton, the man, did have a hockey team. I forget who it was though. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this the book's very pretty. Uh, Magneto. It's I, I like. I don't know Magneto, Emma Frost, Namor. That's really all the the, the only. And then we got Lighthouse Keeper. I like Lighthouse Keeper, man. I like him. He's he's fun. Him him just hanging out with Magneto next to a fire while we're waiting for Namor to show up. Um, but I'm bye. It's a good book. It's great. So so double buy. Mm-hmm. Double buy on everything. So you're very positive this week, Eric. Yeah, this is this is really good. It's a good. We week. got Magneto and Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Team the team up you never knew you wanted. That's true. Yeah, Magneto Magneto's was right. Giving away his shot. <laughs> I wish I could do an Ian McKellen voice. Charles, I'm not giving away my shot. That's not bad, that's Charles. Not, Charles, you just have to get if you get Charles. Charles. If you get Charles <laughs> right, that's like ninety percent there. That's all you need to do. It's just it's all downhill after Charles. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but that'll, oh. do it. that'll do it for floppies this week uh, we'll talk about more have more of them next time we can move on to our next segment it's time for checking in checking in is the part show Eric and I talk about what we've been up to the past couple weeks um, make recommendations or, or criticisms or reviews of things we've seen and done and played and seen and heard and played and done Eric what's going on hmm. let me think here I produced episode two of our uh, our show. It was uh, very successful, I'd say. We had a couple of thousand views, and not too bad, you know. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Well, I mean, I guess you didn't watch any of it because it's not on a service that you're subscribed to anymore. No, it's not on Facebook, so I did not see it. Yeah. Um. um I would. In have... fact, Facebook won't even let you look at public stuff unless you're logged in, which is weird to me. They want you in that um, ecosystem. No, it's true. Um, but we do need to figure out, like, I, I might have to figure out how to, I don't know, the, the OBS on my laptop is, it's a little wimpy to be streaming and recording an episode uh, so I can then edit it and put it on YouTube. But we'll probably have to, you know, expand, do a website. Um, 
do a YouTube channel, all that or happy horse shit. But te- um, technically, it went better than the first the first episode. Oh, much much better. I mean, I'd say it was more or less flawless. Um, looked pretty good, sounded pretty good, and I'm already thinking about ways that we can uh, improve everything. The thing that would be lovely is multiple cameras, but we're gonna see. We're taking it one day at a time. Um, but real big success. Um, you can look for Studio Talk with John on the studios at. 5663 Facebook page and you know maybe it'll be that YouTube show before too long you know I had had an itch to do something like this for a while and I think this is a pretty good outlet yeah it's also building skills like your yeah, skill set oh, yeah. you can use those for anything after you know you these are that's the hardest stuff is the learning all that like all these different systems yes. and navigating them I've I've gotten I would say considerably better um video stuff and setting all this crap up and while it's none of it's by any means perfect and we have not the best lighting and the the acoustics of the room like i think the 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 curb appeal of everything is very good you know Mm -hmm. and certainly no one else in in our circles is doing anything like this you know like i have a I have a pretty unique skill set of basically being able to learn anything <laughs> to where I can I can do this and put all this together. And through my dumb experimentation with OBS, I have managed to get pretty good at all this crap. It's pretty versatile. So OBS. I've 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 learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what else, Robbie? What else? Cathode ray tubes. I've heard about them. Yeah. I've heard it is, there's someone. It is the newest technology <laughs> from the future year of 1990. I was going to say, I know someone who who's, seems to get, who's uh, who's has a budding uh, interest in mm-hmm. cathode ray tubes named Eric Goodnight. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You, you say the Z. Put some respect on my name. Eric's good night. I wish I could slap you right now. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, yeah, uh, I have a bunch of monitors and I'm going to do some fun shit with it. I need to I need to talk to this guy He's local about doing he's I don't know. He's talking about doing a Mr. Build for me, but I'm 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 wanting I'm wanting my Mr. and my my retro gaming on a crt setup the shit's fun the 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 raspberry pi actually does pretty well considering it's stunning how much better the lag is on uh a crt versus a the the hd tv that i have which mm-hmm. is not really made for video games although they say the game mode is better it, uh, yeah I, I i from my very extremely anecdotal uh information is those the tv brands game modes can vary wildly in quality mm-hmm. some are very good and some are yeah. dog, dog shit so it depends well, i mean it's just they they just have a game mode to make you think that they're better for games and they're you know they're not necessarily yeah i think it's a thing that people are aware of and i've been kind of dipping my toe into this um frankly obsessive behavior that people have like there's so many channels 
and and material that's dedicated to like authentic retro gaming experiences and at a certain point like i don't really give a shit like i think that it's i don't know it's this it's this internet mentality you know like you dip your toe into any like like reddit for example any any subculture and like in the sidebar there's like twenty thousand dollars of equipment that they're saying like look, look how good this stuff is and like i'm i'm totally sure that like a uh you know a a, a security a, a, a 22 inch security uh professional not security but like a a professional video editing monitor from from 1990 would be amazing to play video games on and would have great rgb input but like you know, I'm not going to pay $900 for a monitor. <laughs> uh, I mean, to, to be fair, there are like new monitors that can easily cost $900, $1,000, So it's not like it's, it's not batshit crazy. Um, but like I, I, maybe one day I will get to a point where I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. I deserve something nice and I'll buy myself a, a professional video monitor, you know. Um, I mean, it's like any other niche hobby, you know, mm-hmm. at, a, oh, at, for sure. at a certain point when you get to very specialized equipment, you're yes. good, because the, the, the appeal is so relatively narrow, you know, it, it's going to cost a lot. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If I, I'm right there at the cusp, I could, I could probably, <laughs> this is a, this is a business opportunity to, to build new New high-end CRT monitors for retro gamers. You know, you charge about a grand, two grand for them, and people will pay for that shit. I'm sure. Yep. There's there's as the, as the old as the old CRTs die. I feel like there's going to be some market for some new shit. Um, you know, yeah. it's like turntables came back into fucking style. Yep, it's true. Hey, Eric. What's up, bud? You gonna tell me about some scary games? Uh, one. It's not really scary. Um, I think that's it. A... It, it honestly, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's gross. I'll say that. I don't know about. Yeah. I don't know about scary. Uh, but yeah, I played some video games. Speaking of video games, um, I played. I, I most honestly, most of my time has been spent on Far Cry Primal. But Far Cry Primal came out like five years ago, and I got it for six dollars. Uh, I've just been mindlessly killing saber-toothed tigers with spears, uh, but that's not. I'm going to talk about new video games. Uh, Carrion came out this week. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it is. It's on everything but PS4, I believe. Um, but it is also. It's. I play it through the Xbox PC Game Pass, which is five dollars a month, and you can just play whatever games they have in there, which is including Carrion. It is a met. It's a Metroidvania. Honestly, like at its like core, that's what it is. It just is a Metroidvania where you happen to play a terrible crawling flesh monster, <laughs> that, that like a body horror creature that is exploring a laboratory or breaking out of a laboratory, trying to take the entire thing over and uh, eat everyone. It's it's grisly and it makes me super uncomfortable to like I don't know watch the people like screaming in horror i don't know man they do do that they do scream as yeah. your, your little tentacle your monster you crawl it's a really simple like control wise it is not a cute monster no 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 not cute there is no cuteness in this game mm-hmm. uh, it is grisly 
Uh, it is gory. It is violent because you're like it, it. It's not like it's like a like 16 bit style. You know, See, you, you make this game over, but make the monster like a combination of like an Akira monster and Kirby and give me little Weeble Wobble people to eat. And I'm there. <laughs> I'm like, I. I'm I'm a I am a I'd I would also play that game, uh, uh, but this is definitely right up my alley. I like I love body horror. Uh, I oh I know uh, I I I sent this to you as soon as I found out about it. Yeah, I I've been keeping my eye on it for I don't know a year now. It's been on Steam for like a year, and I wishlisted, but now it's on Game Pass for for effectively the five dollars a month I pay. So whatever. Um, but it is it is that it's like you're exploring this laboratory with your little and you get you unlock new powers with you, that your your monster can have. I just unlocked ability to like remotely control people, so you can like slither a tentacle through a duct that you can't normally get through, and you can then control the guys and then walk them to like a keypad or a lever and open a door for you. And then, or you can take over their body, or you can abandon them and then they explode with guts everywhere um but effectively yeah you, you get they have you know there's guys with guns and guys with shields and there's r- robots that are trying to kill you and you're going through this you're trying to basically absorb this entire laboratory take it over i don't know how what i'm assuming the ending is you escape the laboratory and then destroy the entire earth or wherever you are but um i don't know it's fun i have some minor criticisms of it, it you can get lost pretty easily there's not there's no map um, and I, th- and there's not enough hand holding. I feel like there's sometimes I get abilities and I'm not sure, or I face something and I'm like, I can't get past this right now. And I know I need to unlock an ability for it, but I don't know when I'm going to get that ability. So what should I do? Uh, and they don't really, I don't think they hand hold you enough at certain times. And like a lot of some game, and that's a very delicate balance in, in, in a lot of games is like, well, how much should we tutorialize? It sounds, it sounds like it's going to be in that Super Metroid era of uh, kind of not giving a shit if you're lost. Yeah, it definitely has that same feeling. And I feel, I, I think they, I want to say they just kind of adopted that because of also that the game is so grisly. That's like trying to paint that like, no, this is kind of a an immersive situation. You are playing a giant monster that is constantly adapting and learning new things by absorbing DNA from other monsters in this laboratory. So you're not going to know what you're doing a lot of the time. You're kind of just learning on the fly as you go through these rooms fighting. Like, you're like, I literally just, I fought, you know, I'm in a big room with two mechs control with people inside and I rip off the metal pieces of the mech and then rip out the people and rip them in half and then eat them. Like, that's what a thing that happens in this game. Um, but I would I like, if you like body art and, and, metroidvanias like it's a slam dunk i would give i mean it's only i think it's twenty dollars normally um but but you can get it for five dollars with a fi- game pass yeah if you if you do xbox game pass on pc it's five dollars a month basically it's five dollars and then you get you get a bunch of other games too xbox game pass is a 100 a deal i would anyone with a pc gaming pc definitely sign up for it if you game a lot because you get every microsoft first party game plus a lot of other games that i want to play but are generally just a little too much money that I don't want to spend. And then I'm like, oh, they're already in the Game Pass. I'll just play it here. Um, the other game I got for free because uh, I already own Superhot because they released like they flash announced it like a week before it was came out and it was released on my birthday. 
uh, super hot mind control delete, which is if you already own super hot, as long as you bought it, I believe in any way, shape or form, even if you bought it on sale for a dollar, as long as you bought it and weren't gifted it, you automatically own super hot mind control delete on basically every platform. Um, Let me check that. Yeah, it's in my library. Yeah. Um, it's and it's like it's the same but different. It, like it's a it's not as structured narratively. Like Super Hot has a narrative. It may it's kind of obtuse at times, but there is a narrative to Super Hot. Super Hot Mind Control Delete. It has the, it's the same same thing mechanically. Like time moves when you move, and you're in rooms with guys with guns and swords and all kinds of stuff, and you got to clear the room. Um, but this is more. I don't. I hesitate to call it a full roguelike, but it is closer to a roguelike where you are just facing scenario after scenario after scenario of like, oh, you're this, and there's like a set number of like 25 rooms or something that are all mm-hmm. have their own theme, and you will randomly hit those different rooms, upgrade. You get upgrades between rooms that let you start a level with a gun every time, or let you start with you have more hearts, or you start every level with a katana, or if you hit get hit a headshot. It will the bullet will in, then target the next guy, the next closest guy, instead of just disappearing. Like there's all kinds of different small changes, and you can ba- you're basically building your your character in this one run of these these nodes, as they're called. And you're unlocking new new abilities, and you're unlocking new mod like all these modifiers and stuff like that. There is still a weird like loose narrative built around things, but I haven't quite figured out what that. It's all very obtuse. Like, so right, the original Super Hot was already obtuse. This is even more obtuse with like finding weird, fi- weird files in this like in this computer node, and kind of figure out. And you're running into these weird versions of what you think is other people who have played who have been like absorbed into the game. I think not sure. It's fun though. I don't care. Like, who cares? Like all the Super stu- Hot. Super Hot was a fucking banger. So yeah. It's the same thing. It's like if you like that gameplay and yes. you want just more of it and you want a lot like a whole bunch of variety of levels and powers and all this stuff, like it's a good time. You're just like, all right, I just want to like play super hot for 30 minutes, like jump through a bunch of levels, like throw a gun at a guy, take a shotgun, shoot him, throw the shotgun at the guy with a assault rifle. You get the assault rifle, pow, 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 pow. throw it at one last guy, grab his sword from him, cut him in half. In in like and then you watch that replay and it makes you look like a fucking badass. It's great. What's well, not to like about Super Hot? And it's if you already own a Super Hot, it's free. Literally, they just gave it to you. Like mm-hmm. pretty good price. Uh, very good. Like I'm down. I don't know. I don't know how to say. If you go play Super Hot Mind Control Delete, it's all fun. I'm still working my way through it. I got so many games to play. There's never an end. And I also want to. Like, do puzzle. I have a puzzle. I've been doing a puzzle, Eric. Can I, like, check in with a puzzle? Uh, I mean, I guess, if you want to. I've been doing a puzzle, a thing. Puzzle, it's really hard. It's one of those Mondo puzzles. It has, it's cut into, like, really weird shapes. They're not the normal puzzle shapes. And then it... I'm gonna... Here's a big surprise for you, Eric. The thing puzzle has a lot of red in it. Because it's a guy's head... A guy exploding, basically, with tentacles. Perfect. And a lot of eyeballs and blood. Uh, so it's very difficult, but I'm enjoying it. It's nice. Just calm, listen to some li- listen to some instrumental metal and do a puzzle. Centering. Mm-hmm. All right. Turns out I still like metal as well. Yeah. It's it's really good, turns out. 
<laughs> it's good. Surprise. Um, you ready to talk about the Hulk or Hulks? As it might, as it, as it, out. Hulk out, ready to Hulk ready, out, ready to be your daddy Hulk. Ooh, that's the stop digging, hit oil. All right, we can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerd Book Club. Nerd Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth, like you would a book in a book club. Except it is a comic book. This week we are discussing Immortal Hulk volumes three through six by Al Ewing, Joe Bennett. And a slew of other artists, inkers, colorists, uh, because there's like maybe six or seven fill-in issues in these arcs, and almost all are different artists, all different colorists, all different inkers. Uh, but it comes back around largely to Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. Um, I read, I would read back and read one and two again just to refresh my memory. I skimmed. Like, but when I we skim, I skimmed that scum. But where we we left off, our heroes were in hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's where we left off. Volume three starts with went back and read uh, Crusher Creel getting his spine and skull used like a mace. He read did that, and he and he's he's okay. Everyone is getting like Dragon Ball wished back to life. It's fucking crazy, except for Sasquatch. He's just sitting there with a hole in him, looking like Jeff Goldblum, yep. Ginger Jeff. He, yeah, he, he he got the gamma sucked out of him, so he's just kind of dead. Unfortunate for him. Some fucking bullshit. <laughs> for now, you know, who knows? I don't know. Maybe being dead is better than whatever Rick Jones is going through. <laughs> I can't. I I can't speak to anyone else's experience. Fair enough. But oh boy, I, I don't know what to. Like this, this comic book. So, do you want me? How about I do? Because I'd I'd like to encapsulate this. Okay, go ahead. Did you did you ever watch uh, Thought Slimes um, video about the first couple trades of this? I did not. I, I can't I... remember what he said about it. I just remember really enjoying it because I like Thought Slimes content in general. I think he's a a neat dude but like i feel like al ewing wrote this comic specifically for him (laughs) okay because this is this is like the best the best distillation of horror tropes and it gets it get it, it goes into that like we're afraid of people like trope you know that so many horror things are about and afraid of society and is not even a little bit ashamed to go whole hog on just like just hard left politics to the point to where the fucking Hulk Bruce Banner is a fucking eco terrorist. Team Green. Yeah, I am stunned by this book. Like I can't believe it. It, it fucking exists, and it's just kind of fucking awesome like there's so much fucking unbelievably wild ass shit in this book it's fucking nuts i you know i thought and i like i agree with you 100 um i love this book oh it's fucking great it's like one of my favorite comic books of all time uh, it, it, it will go down in fucking history there's it's gonna great. be we're, we're gonna talk about the scope of this at, at, at some point but just to like emphasize that wild ass shit book 
this is a wild, like wild, unpro- like insane. Like you're like, okay, just as soon as you think you get a handle on what's going to happen, like okay, I think I'm getting a handle on things. Like after a certain point, okay, we're we're four, we're five volumes into this book. All right, Al Al Ewing clearly has a good handle on all the history of the Hulk, and it has and what we've talked about a lot with other books and that have succeeded is in, in, in bringing back all these old like a, the rogues gallery bringing back all these old characters it's all about recontextualizing it it's all about changing making those characters mean something different in this story because of how things have changed how the context has changed and it's great in doing that and then and then you i get to a fucking issue of this comic book where we're following some alien angel <laughs> at the end of the universe where there's one planet left expl- like on their little weird ship that is like full on science membranes Robbie the membranes the membranes full on science fiction full like hard science fiction with the, alien the, the, they they don't even have hands they they are not even close to human they are the last thing alive and we see them seed some weird of thought fly that they send back in time right before the hulk has close lines their planet into oblivion Okay, I'm gonna say that's. I feel like they should have. They should have let off with close lines. Gives the fucking rainmakers the last planet out of existence. Should have started off with that. And after the Hulk knows about risk control. <laughs> that's the whole key. Risk control, risk, baby. It's very important. Red Shoes. Yeah. Red Shoes. The Hulk. The fucking Galaxy Hulk knows about risk control. Where's Red Shoes right next to him pointing at the Hulk? Yeah. He's risk. like, bah, 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 look at that. Look at that. Um, and this is after the Hulk has eaten the angel at the end of the world. <laughs> has devoured him. I was I, I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? What the fuck is this shit? What the fuck is this shit? And then, yeah, yeah, he fucking smashes all the... And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's the Hulk as Galactus. Yeah, the Hulk has... It's so dumb. The, I love it. The world has ended. I'm like, you're really losing me here, Al. And I'm like, wait, why did I ever doubt you? The And the angel, and he's like, oh yeah, this is the last mutant, the best super mutant. I killed him. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, and, and Franklin Richards was supposed to be this guy too. <laughs> I killed him too, sucker. He ain't good. There's nothing. I'm the Hulk. <laughs> Oh, you're an angel and you're going to hearken in a new age for life? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to eat you. No more life forever. I'm the Hulk. I'm the end of all things. I don't know what it is that like, like, like these, these big stupid ideas, like comics should just be this. Why, why, like, why can't the Batman who laughs and like fucking preparation H or whatever, why can't they be this awesome? Like, why, why, why do those big dumb ideas completely fail? Because where these like fucking work. Because what is it us or is it the idea? Like, I, I mean, it, I, I think it worked. It definitely works for some people, but I like I think that there's something, something much better about the handling here. I mean, this is one. It's novel. Mm-hmm. It re- it totally it's 
it's new and it's not new just like yeah there's been lots of end of the world stories and lots of like armageddon stories with eight lots of alien there's there's sci-fi stories like this in marvel comics already but none of them are about portraying your hero technically the hulk even though hulk's there's a lot, a lot many periods of marvel in this book kind of exemplifies that really fact really well that well many periods of marvel comics when the hulk was not a hero the hulk was at best an anti-hero um and at some points a villain and this book is just like full on like i don't give a shit if you like the hulk mm-hmm. i don't he's our main character but i don't it looks like fuck i don't care he's yeah he's Here, gonna he, you, he rips his whole front part of his body off here he does and throws it at soldiers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it and it burns them to pieces. Yeah, because it's covered in acid. Because he's covered in in the abominations acid. It's the fucking abomination covered in in fingers. Gross. Fucking oh my god, the fucking art in this book. This is just so goddamn good. Oh, <laughs> it's it. It really it's it, fucking oh my it god! Constantly and like it's really challenging. Like it's a challenging thing because after a while you think oh well, you're gonna get desensitized to it. And you're like okay I've seen it. How ha- I've seen okay I saw like literally in the that second book, uh like you said Crusher Creel is like ripped out ripped in half and then it's just his spinal cord with his head hanging off, swinging mm-hmm. around. You're like all right that's gross I get it, it and then like. And then the Hulk's bisected into little pieces, and like, okay, I, all this stuff is all gross. But then they just top it with like, okay, this is even grosser stuff, even just more disgusting. Like, ugh, the abomination and his the head hands that are just opening up and like eating people, and you're like, and poor Rick Jones is in there at first with his head in half, and you're like, okay, all right, I got it, thanks guys, you're you got me. I'm, this is still disgusting. You you win, um, which I love. Uh, I feel like we're all winners here. Yeah, it's 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 that constant escalation, and they just handle it so well. And once in a while, they lean, they let off the gas for a little bit, just a little bit, and you catch your breath, and then boom, one hundred miles an hour. Now the Hulk's mm-hmm. eating an angel. I mean, if there's not. If there's not contrast, how do you get whiplash? I love that the big bad in book six is a Wall Street minotaur. Dario Agar, we are good old pal from Thor. He's not hiding like, he's not hiding himself anymore. Nope. Nope. Like it has this this hard left eco terrorist fucking story. That it devolves into. And the fucking villain is the fucking bull market. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. It is also not, it's not concerned with subtlety at all. I mean, it's the Hulk. If you're making the Hulk subtle, like, I think you can make it artistic, but like, this is, oh, jeez Louise. I just, I'm just so happy. I'm glad we did a part two on this. This was... This 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 is real fucking good. Yeah. The, oh my god, Harpy, Harpy Betty. Betty is great. I love Betty. Unhinging her jaw to eat this little ham sandwich. And yeah, the fact that she refuses to be in Betty human form while Bruce is around. 
She sees Bruce. Immediately, she's a harpy. Gotta put those walls up, baby. It's, that's who she is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's every character, though. That's every character. She's not, be- like, when you say, oh, Betty, you're, like, you think, you're, you're thinking about my memories of, of the Hulk, of her being the damsel in distress, frankly, most of the time. And this mm-hmm. is, and this is, no, she's a harpy. And she is in the midst of things. And she is, she is owning that the disgusting like oh no i'm yes i'm gonna unhinge my jaw while i eat a oh che- a she's cheese. so awesome it's really good They're, oh it's so fucking great and the the uh I, I just want i want this forever well there's gonna be 50 issues they say which is 20 more issues than what we read yeah but i want i i just want i want harpy betty oh. to be like the, the new viv vision oh i mean to just be part of the world now i hope that's i, I mean who knows what will happen i have i eric i have okay so let's talk i have faith in al ewing mm. i have faith in him from this this it feels like this is he's always been good but this um, this book is incredible and it feels like there is a plan here. They said it's always been planned for 50 issues, which is roughly four more arcs, basically the same length of what we just read again. And we've already seen a vision of the future. We've seen the Hulk break every world millions of years from now or billions of years from now, whatever it is. The Hulk is at the end of everything has, and is alone at the end of the universe with everything else destroyed. And it just he just exists by himself. The world breaker. The rainmaker. <laughs> he that's his version of the rainmaker. He calls it the world mm-hmm. breaker. Um risk control. Good finisher. It is. Um Again, the key is risk control. Risk control is very important. So we've already seen that this is what's gonna happen. And we've seen the aliens send back in time this little weird thing that the leader has intercepted. And nothing changes. The, like the, there is the the narrative make the, makes it implicit, explicit, not implicit, explicit. They send back this message in time. Nothing changes. Everything stays the same. The Hulk still is at here. He is the world breaker. He destroys them at the end of the world, literally. And that is the thing. Like you just talked about, you know, Hulk being an eco terrorist. These hard the hard left politics. Which is great, and feels incredibly prescient uh, now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have there's there's some stuff in here about well the Hulk wants to you know they have that kind of he has that monologue the double Hulk Daddy Hulk uh, the big guy I believe they're going he's going by by the end of it mm-hmm. the big guy which I do like I do like he's the big guy. <laughs> um. They have that, you know, he's like, oh, well, I have to destroy the human world to save humanity. And that's kind of, I don't know, beginner level polit- political sciences. You know, like we have to destroy the old world to start a new one. And you're like, oh, you know, you don't to end. You can save a bunch. You, know, you can make effect change without complete and total destruction of the, the world. Um, but I mean, that's kind of I, I like I trust Al Ewing. That's why I say I have faith in him. It's because I don't want it to be that simple. 
I don't want this story to be the Hulk is our savior, even though he's a monster. Like, he's obviously the world breaker. He's here. He's there destroying the last planet. These poor aliens that aren't, don't even have hands. Um, I, like, I don't know how the story's going to end, which is lovely. I think that's part of this is that all of this is just like, it's smart and clever and it's fast and it defies you to predict what's going to happen next. But it's also smart. Smarter than it seems. And showing us that information of like, yeah, the Hulk ends up destroying everything. He is Galactus, basically. He's worse than Galactus. Galactus does it because he's hungry. You know, like it's just biological. Mm-hmm. The Hulk does it because he enjoys it. Like the that fuck that page where that alien is looking at him and the alien's never seen a smile before, so it doesn't know what it means. But the Hulk is just smiling maniacally, so happy that he gets something he has something else to smash. And that is so haunting. And we have that information as readers. We have the information that Hulk is the thing that is he's just, he's the world breaker. And now he's being set upon loose upon Earth, and he's facing these challenges of Dario Agar, the Minotaur, and as you know, things are spiraling out now that he has taken control of the 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 shadow base. And you're like, okay, new a semi new status quo right there, and it's gonna it, we're we're getting we're spinning up into like the next mega like macro arc, I guess, is where he, as he has control of the shadow base. But every everything that happens in the back of my mind, all I know is the Hulk is the world breaker at the end of the world. So what does that say? What does that mean? What does that mean about what the Hulk's doing on Earth? Does that make him right? Does it make him wrong? We don't. I don't know. But it, it's again, it's another like it doesn't care if you like him. He is a force you have to reckon with. Like, and I don't like. The big guy, but I love to see him on my page. But I damn sure respect him. <laughs> and that's not, and we haven't really even touched on all the ways this brings back so much Hulk backstory in here. We get all these, we got like, this is the best Puck I've ever read. He's pretty cool. Puck's great. Like, I've always liked Puck, but this is like the best Puck. He's like li- like he's crawling through hell with Crusher Creel, or uh, and and, and the, the he's like um, I was nine years old eating bear meat. <laughs> I'm gonna have an interesting life. I'm gonna lead an interesting life. And I'm like okay, you, I, I I I liked that. You got me, you son of a bitch. You got me. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You're just breaking out into Kenny. Right in the middle is, um, I don't, I just, I, it, it, that's the thing. It is subtle. It's just not subtle in a lot of ways, but it is subtle in, in interest, in ways that the Hulk normally isn't subtle. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, there's tons of like Hulk smash in this thing, but there's also digressions where we see the Hulk, like destroying a world at the end of the end of the world. And, and it, you see that. We saw the leader one time at the end of the page, and then, nope, no more. Well, all right, wait a while for more of the leader. I'm like, come on, man. What's going on? What's the leader doing with all that future knowledge? I don't think the leader wants the world to end with the Hulk. I don't know. 
What's the leader up to? I don't know. Rick Jones has, he can fly now and he can blast holes through the thing with gamma radiation, I guess. And he makes terrible jokes at very inappropriate times. Rick Jones, Betty, Doc Sampson. Have I, have I talked about my love of Doc Sampson before, Eric? I mean, give me any dumb, pulpy, stupid shit like that and I love it. I love Doc Sampson. Did we ever, did we ever read, um, what's the Alan Moore comic? Um, he's like Doc Sampson. Shit. America's best comics. We've, Who am we, I thinking of? I, huh? I'm not, I'm not sh- sure which Tom one. Tom Strong. Yeah, we've read Tom Strong. I wasn't sure if we, if you meant Tom Strong. I mean, or... did we do a, uh, like a book club for it? Yeah, we did. I know we read individual issues. No, we've, we've, clearly. we certainly have read Tom Strong. Uh, where he, Fucking uh, love Tom Strong. I mean, I'm still ingrained in my mind is him like using planets as a jumping off planets to like as a hopscotch or whatever it was um i just remember blue triangle blue triangle blue triangle um triangle but doc samson i i even love the journalist the the new character yeah she's really good she's a very good perspective character Mm -hmm. she's the nor the normal human in this world of insanity we haven't even talked about that, that look. He's fighting kaiju. They're, it's fucking dope as fuck. It's all, they look like old Kirby monsters, and they're named like Harryhausen and Lovecraft. Lo- so good. Where's the Where's the panel? I don't know who O'Brien is, but Ray Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Who's O'Brien? It's probably the hardest one to guess. I think Harryhausen probably. I don't know. I get. I think like maybe something about their forms, because the 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 one named Lovecraft is kind of a Lovecraftian monster. And was Bradbury Fahrenheit four fifty one, or was that uh, that was Bradbury, wasn't it? That was Ray Bradbury. Yes. So lava guy Fahrenheit four fifty one Bradbury. Maybe that's the connection. I, mean, I can't really. See, like it looks like a King Kong, the green thing. Jade, okay, here, here we go. Uh, okay. We got Bradbury, obviously, Harryhausen, Ray Harryhausen, H.P. Lovecraft, and finally, O'Brien is Willis O'Brien, special effects wizard who worked on The Lost World and King Kong back long fucking, time ago. Fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it. So that's who O'Brien is named after. Um. Also, Joe Fixit as a human. I just wasn't had no no um, no no appreciation for Joe Fixit. Oh man, Eric, you need to. I, I don't know if it's worth the book club, but re, I I grew up reading the Joe Fixit Hulk comics, which is very strange. Like it's such a weird artifact of the time, mm-hmm. and like it doesn't make sense. It even it barely makes sense then. Like Joe Fixit was like a he is like a pulp pulp gangster character from like the 30s but i read comics for he was like in the 70s like it doesn't like why did they make joe fix it the way he was then like it doesn't he wasn't like even at the time he was not he was weirdly like anachronistic so it's like i don't know it's a very strange set of circumstances which is like it really i was like wait what joe fix it is here I'm like, okay. And he's also like, he was always, you know, I, the, there's always, you know, there's the, 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 the child Hulk, they call him in this, which is the big dumb brute. There is obviously Bruce, 
there is the professor, which we haven't seen yet, which I am curious if the professor shows up at all, as well as the green scar, because they, they have yet to make an appearance. But Joe Fixit was always the kind of like, he was the Gray Hulk. He wasn't as strong as the Green Hulk or as smart as Bruce, but he was very clever and tricky and very guile, full of guile. And he could, he would, he, he clever and kind of dirty. He'll play dirty to win, uh, which is interesting to have him here represented in human form for that matter. Um I don't know. I love all that stuff. It's the same reason I loved Uncanny X-Force, because it took all those characters from the 90s and recontextualized them, made them feel different, especially Angel, Archangel, and Apocalypse, and all, and Wolverine, and all that stuff. And this is, book is doing that for not, like, doing that with all these old Hulk characters that are kind of very time and place. They don't, they don't work. Like, you can't transplant those characters from the 90s comics and put them in this book, and it wouldn't work. And Al Ewing made them work. And it's just beautiful. The way – and the – the I can't – we haven't even gotten into, like, the magic stuff. The magic for science. Like, there's you, so, so many much. times in this conversation. We haven't even – I know. It's so much. It's like – this. and would you say – okay, do you think this book reads quickly? There's a lot to it. But, like, I, it's hard for me to tell. Like, I, I, I – when I read slowly – it's when I'm not really, really interested in something. And I I had to make myself take breaks from this. Um, I was really, really enjoying it. It's awesome. Yeah. I think that's so, like, I think it like it is dense. Like there's so much happening and there's a lot of activity and they cram a lot of information into every page, but it feels like it flies by because it is mm-hmm. truly like I mentioned it earlier in the show, like it, Every page feels like a like a hook. It's like pull, it's pull, actively pulling. Read more. Read more. Read more. N- you didn't. What's going to happen in the next page? What's going to happen in the next page? And that is like a thing that you don't see very much in comic books anymore. It's a lost art in a lot of ways. Be- of the because of the kind of um, the Brian Michael Bendising of our the decompression the. the Let's see all these menial moments with our superheroes. Let's spend more time with them in day-to-day conversations, less fantastical things. I think that's another thing about this, Eric. I feel like this book is in kind of a reaction to that in a lot of ways, where there is very little of that. This is full of over-the-top insanity, but it's not – it never feels self-indulgent, which I think – you opened our discussion about comparing this to The Batman Who Laughs. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Batman who laughs feels self-indulgent, and it and it it feels. I, I I feel like this re- this has a lot to say. Yes. And what does Batman who laughs have to say? Um, Joker's awesome. Batman's awesome. Dark villains with their with with big smiley teeth is awesome. That's all it says. This this it's this also- is a shitload of layers. This is. And it's fucking, it's fun all the way down. You can't hear me nodding emphatically to your points, but that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm nodding emphatically. There is, there, there is no layers to the Batman who laughs. It is exactly mm-hmm. one layer. It is, if, look at it if Batman was the Joker. And that's it. There's nothing else to it. This is like, okay, we have the Hulk. What is he? Let's deconstruct the Hulk and build him new. And then... 
spiraling out from that, we're going to rebuild every single character that's ever touched the Hulk. They're all going to mean something new. They're all going to have layers added to them. Everything that's already happened to them has happened. We don't try and... Uh, Al Ewing does not rip away old... Co- like rip rip away old history he makes it sure that it has happened for the largest for the large part there's a lot of stuff he could have just ignored and i wouldn't have cared but he uses it all he brings it in makes it meaningful and like i i think you mentioned how like they the most of these characters seemingly have defeated death because of the way the green door works i I like that th- as we are going there's like a there's like a weird feeling I had. I wouldn't call it a pit in my stomach. But there was this weird d- dread or tension building in me, just a tiny bit, tiny tiny bit. Pleasant. It's pleasant. It's not bad tension. It's good. I want to emphasize that. It did not make me feel bad. But it was very it, and it's always when in these stories that are like this where I am like when characters they're when I know that, oh, this can't last like this forever. This is, they're using, this is bad. And they are treating it like it's good. Yeah, Doc's, Doc Samson just, yeah, I'll die and then I'll get smushed again and I'll come back to life and we'll just do this forever. But it's, and he's like, but it's, it, he's like, it's a waste of time. It's purposeless. But he's not talking about how he's literally dying, getting sent to some weird hell and then just getting pushed back into life again because of the power of the gamma. and. All of these, all of these characters, I feel have something terrible coming, and it's not the Minotaur, it's not Daryl Agar, it's not even the leader. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's a reckoning. They're they're yeah. all facing some. They're all going to face some sort of reckoning, and it's there's gonna be, there's a there's a bottom. There's a there's a twist coming with it. Yeah, there's more to be revealed, and. I am half dreading, like it's half like, oh no, what is it? What's horrifying thing? What horrible mm-hmm. existential nightmare is going to be? Con- I'm going to be confronted with. Well, in a car- in a horror comic, that's pretty goddamn good writing. It is, and the other half is excited. <laughs> oh yeah, God! I'm like this oh, book is this book is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it's super. It, and I mean, like, that's the thing, like, these are the books that invigorate us, right? Like, because often, you know, you read books like the Batman or Last, or you read books that are just, like, boring, or 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 just cash grabs, or sell a million copies but are empty, and we get frustrated, and we get tired, and we're like, ugh, comics. And then you read something like this that is fresh, and it's exciting, and invigorating, and new, and smart. And frankly, and like challenging to both the reader and to comic books, like to superhero comics. Like you sent me that, that, ca- that, that I think that's, and that's the page that I think is going to like, I feel like that, that, that panel you sent me of Bruce talking to, um, I believe it came from the Amadeus Cho. Yeah. Amadeus Cho. That's, that's what he, he was talking to Amadeus, Amadeus Cho at a diner mm-hmm. that where Namor was cooking. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Namor cooking. Uh, Namor's a gentleman. Of course, he's a good cook. I mean, yeah. He cl- Imperious clam- Rex. Clam chowder. Delicious Rex. And he's having that conversation with Amadeus Cho. And I feel like that's such a clear, like, I love that they chose Amadeus for that scene. Because Amadeus is so young. And he's he's a new character. He's both a new character and a young character. So it, it works in both ways. Like, both meta, meta textually and textually. Where he's like, 
optimistic and feels like, no, I'm a hero. I can affect change. And Bruce is like, there are no heroes. And it's very Washman of him, too. That's a very Washman-esque mm-hmm. page. I think it's even nine-panel grid, right? Or is it six? I'm trying to find it again. It probably was at the, the start of book six, right? It's like five or six. It was near the closer to the end, I think. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very like, I'm I'm not a hero. Are you kidding me? I I, I want to do the right thing. I'm not a hero. There are no heroes. Well, like, look at what we, what have we, what have changed have we affected? What have we done that's positive? Like, you look at the world. What have we done? And Mm -hmm. it's, it feels very nihilistic. And, but it also feels having your superhero in your superhero comic just say these, these things bland, like broadly right at the camera, basically. Like, I'm not a hero. And this is, this book is not, this book is like that. It feels like a thesis statement for the book. It feels very much like mm-hmm. there are no heroes. And yet it's not, I'm not overwhelmed by like, I don't feel it doesn't, it's not dark and depressing. Yeah. It's so crazy that it can, it can navigate that so eloquently. It's, it really is amazing that that tome can work. Because for something to for this to be its thesis statement and for it to be about as abominably awful shit as it is, I don't know. I, I don't know why this works because we've read so many things that just so they try so hard to, to hammer home all this stuff and do it so poorly. And so so many things that try and make statements like this that try and be the grisly adult comic that just feel like crap that, that this that this this book walks such a delicate line you know that it 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 reminds me of like the greatest of the great writers of like say the the 80s that ushered in the grisly era of quote unquote adult comics but like someone could read this and see the overt violence and the I don't believe in heroes and and fucking turn it into a Zack Snyder movie. Um, oh, God. I don't know how I don't know why and how this succeeds as well as it does. Like, I really like I this is a fucking fascinating piece of art. And I think maybe part of it is that it's borrowing from these horror tropes. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. that we feel like we're in this horror world and, 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 and horror has been used to to criticize society so much um, that it doesn't feel heavy handed. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I feel like it's a lot of superhero comics, like they've gotten to the point where they're punching above their weight class or whatever. You know, they're using a fucking like colorful children's character to say something really deep about society well here's this big dumb green cartoon character and then all of a sudden well you roll him into some horror tropes and horror movies criticize these kind of things they can have like these these um these humanity is shit uh outlooks on life and and it doesn't it doesn't feel as bad as I mean I don't even know I don't even know what I can compare it to 
I mean, comics. What's it? What? Yeah. Comics like, I mean, The Walking Dead is a good, I think, a, 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 the dark grimness. And it's even a horror comic in a lot of ways, but it fails, I think, by the end mm-hmm. of it, we are both, God, listening, if those, we are so tired of it by our last few podcasts of that book as we are going through it. We are just, we can admire the art in it, but both of us mm-hmm. were like tr- beaten down by how grim and dark it was and how heavy handed yes. it is. That, like, Oh, humanity's terrible. It's the same, you know, it's a very, yes. it's similar messages, but one, I think this is clever about the, about it's about it's, it's message about it's metaphor. It's, it's not necessarily subtle in, in a lot of ways, but, I feel like there is cleverness in its in how it handles its themes. And the Hulk because of how how mutable the Hulk is, like as a character, not even as a an entity in the comic books, which is like kind of the whole point of the book is like they are literally can change, but how the Hulk has changed like the how the Hulk was born and how the Hulk has continued throughout the years of Marvel Comics. He's changed a lot and it's constantly changed. I feel like it's it's easier to he's always been he's always been harder to handle. There's a reason like the the longest run of the Hulk is Peter David's run where he became the professor and he became the least like the Hulk ever in that run. He was a, he was smart and he was pretty strong. He wasn't invincible, though. But that he was just a normal... He was just a superhero at that point. He's basically Thor. Like, there's not a lot of... Like, it's... By making him less unique, it made him easier to tell a long-running story with him. Because he was less jarring. The Hulk is... Is a monster. And I feel like... I... I don't know. Al, Al Ewing does a tremendous job at giving us just enough to keep rooting for the Hulk. Just and, and, and like there's times where you're like, oh he's terrible, but then he does a th- like I think a lot of it is rooted in his his protection of Bruce. You see and I think that that is ultimately the thing that really gets me and why I keep rooting for this character. And and that I think that's the I think that like it's a weird thing where you see all these dark grim comics and like I get the themes but I don't like – I don't want to – I'm not rooting for any of these characters. I'm not – in The Walking Dead, by issue 75, are any of those characters people you want – like, are you rooting for? No, you – I absolutely – that was the problem with The Walking Dead is I absolutely gave up on everything. Like, I at no – at a certain point, I'm like, I'm not compelled by anything these people are choosing to do or any of the next plot points or – like I just I just don't care. Like I feel disincentivized to give a shit about this book. And in this this book, like we we have Bruce Banner here. He's there somewhere along with all these other other personalities. And our our love our love our our, our interest in Bruce. It like no matter what that's it for me at least. I'm not going to speak for everyone, but for me, the fact that Daddy Hulk, big the big guy, Devil Hulk, is protecting bruce always that's his number one criteria that's what he always like i will i will do anything if i have to protect bruce he's like i'll come out in the sunlight if i if i need to to protect bruce and that like it just it every all every moment along the way he might be doing something questionable 
which is kind of the point. You know, it's working. It's pl- it's playing its trick on me, and it's working. Where I'm rooting for the Hulk, but I'm also like, wait a minute, the Hulk is is the Hulk in the long run a bad guy? Like even as he's even as he's indulging in all these leftist politics, right? Even as he's becoming an eco terrorist, even after he's targeting this giant mono corporation, which is evil, like plain faced evil. Mm-hmm. Even then, I'm going. What a what is the long road though? I've seen the world breaker at the end of the world. What is long game? And I feel like be- I want to I, I want to hear Kevin Kelly yell world breaker. Comic books and wrestling man, very similar. Mm-hmm. Very similar in a lot of ways. Um, Both enjoyed by nerds. Well, I mean, yes, that is true. But there is, I don't know, There, it's because it's, I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of it, Eric, honestly, you're, the answer is like, why is this work better for us? It's just smarter. Like it's, mm. it, and then like, it's like both of us profess our love about dumb comics, but a dumb comic can be done dumbly and dumb comic yeah. can be done intelligently. And there there is a difference and like you like some of it is just the art and the storytelling in this we haven't talked we talked about how horrific the art is and how well it works but the storytelling is very 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 good and like i that you the thing you said about uh dark knight's metal about that it's just poses Mm. it's not storytelling and that and that that has stuck with me so much, and it is the thing now that I look for in every comic I read now. It is like how much of this is storytelling, and how much of this mm-hmm. is just posing. And this book is storytelling. It is, and like that, mm-hmm. yes, it is. Inc- it's incredibly important, and mm-hmm. the like, storytelling is not not even just like. Like, oh, well, like, th- there's that page where uh, you can see Titania or whatever her fucking name is. I might have butchered that. She's, like, engaging with the monster and it shows her throwing the thing and it goes down its throat. And, you know, it's not just that. It's the the feelings that you get, you know, the mood. Mm-hmm. Like, like, the, like, I feel like I feel this character's fear from this face of the Hulk and like the creepy way that he looks and this weird monster with fingers on its face and the fucking eyeless ghouls that are just repeating phrases over and over and the, like the fucking horrifying, terrible body shit that's on half of the goddamn pages in this book. Like that's all storytelling too. I I can't remember um, which artist I retweeted a, a a couple of days ago. It might have been as long as a week ago, but his wording was something like like the 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 art in comics is visual language. It's it is it is storytelling also. You know, it is it is as much a a, a language as the words are. Yes. You know, and it's symbols and ideas and concepts and someone who is just drawing like fucking people doing Batman and Superman poses over and over again is not really making a good comic book, ultimately. Or at least they're not making one that's fucking readable. Yeah. 
And I, I think that some of it is just that, where people, it, it feels like there that we have had a, lately, we had a resurgence, and like a resurgence in people wanting to re do a re-deconstruction, like of Watchmen ideals, of, the, of those 80s comics that changed comics. And some cases, they are, I think I feel very they are very successful, and in many cases, I feel like they are they fail terribly. They fall right on their face, and it is it's a it's a, we're in a place where there's so many comics and so many people. You can sell them Diet Watchmen every single day, and they will buy it, and they don't notice the difference. They don't know what they don't know what they're consuming. They just think it's the same, even though it's empty calories. There's or no calories. There's nothing there. There's actually no substance. This is it understands like you know you have to have that substance. You know like I think about the vision. You mentioned the vision. Like the vision was one that understood. It has to have that substance there. It has to be have a meaning behind it. And a lot of the time. Your like our feelings of like oh this thing is just empty it's just empty aesthetics and that like I think it's de- it's very easily demonstrable how those comics fail in when you talk about the storytelling because when you lack storytelling when it is just a bunch of pages of people posing and not some degree of moment to moment action reaction cause effect when that isn't there makes makes me realize like this is like how empty this is and it's not just oh it's empty because the art isn't is for whatever reason either the writer didn't write you know the writer said give me a big splash page with a bunch of poses on it or the artist just did that regardless when the storytelling is not there and, and then there is no theme there when the writing in itself, the dialogue, the construction of scenes, the construction of the structure of the comic, when that is also void, when it's just like, oh, yeah, here's some dark stuff that means something. No, the dark stuff doesn't mean anything. Nothing means something unless you ascribe meaning to it. And I think we are just flooded with comics that are all dark grim aesthetic do not understand the true how like i don't think either of us you or me are against themes and tones that are dark and grim like that is what i've come to realize is that neither of us actually hate those kinds of comics we we are some of our favorite comics of all time are dark and grim stories but they have depth and they understand that they have to have depth to communicate the dark and grimness. And we are just flooded with books. The Batman laughs looking right at you. Who have a dark and grim aesthetic. But when you actually pull it apart. There's nothing else there. It's a, it's a hollow man. As T.S. Eliot would say. Mm-hmm. And when you, if you truly want to make something that's dark. But meaningful. It's hard work. It's difficult to do. That's what this... And, like, I think that's why we're so excited. We're like, look at this comic. Like, look at how well it does all this stuff. And look at how novel it is. And it's novel because it's very hard. How... Like, like we've, we've gushed about this comic in this discussion. And it's largely because it's... Okay, it's a superhero comic put out by Marvel. 
starring the Hulk. He's an Avenger. He's in the I, he's in the Avenger movies, played by lovely, charming uh, 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 Mark Ruffalo. He's he's a, he's like a, a, a he's he's so lovely and fun, and he hands poor Ant Man a taco. Um, Avenger, Marvel superhero comic, but it's based, it's rooted in body horror, nihilistic existential philosophy, weird superstition and magic, and hell and the apocalypse. Shouldn't work. It shouldn't, and yet it does. It, like, if you told me at face value, oh, that's what this... I remember reading the first issue of this so long ago, and I was like, oh, it's a horror, a horror Hulk comic. This, this, is, this is interesting. I was not impressed. And, like, I reread that first issue in the run-up of this, mm-hmm. and it really belies where this book was going. Because it's, like, it's really simple, it's all... And, like, but that foundation is there, and it stays there for that entire time. It's, start, like, that literally, like, when you when you look into the mirror that line and that 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 that, there it echoes that that just like all great works of art do they establish a theme then they echo them over and over and over again through everything and they make sure everything means something and that every show every everything that happens is a choice and it's like a it, it, it it's incredible i don't know it's exciting it's exhilarating it's disgusting but in the best way I mean, I, there's not a per. I like, I don't know. It, I, I guess I wouldn't recommend it to like a, a nine year old because it's gross. And, but the, like, the thing is, like, if I was nine and I saw this book, I would absolutely make my parents buy it for me. Like, nine year old Robbie would absolutely want to read this comic book and probably be grossed out by it and not understand half of what's going on, but still want to read it. I mean, I, I, I feel like you did. You didn't grow into this adult as an accident. No, I was reading terrible stuff of, like like Weapon X comics. Like what were they? I was reading those when I was nine. Like Wolverine getting like shredded down to the bone and terrible things mm-hmm. happening, and you're like gross. Like Wolverine has body horror stuff in it time to time, and like that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it, it's just a thing that we kind of shrug off sometimes when in superhero comics is the horror elements, but. And it's 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 underlooked, but I you know I have vested interest in it. But I feel like horror as a genre is on a is on an up is on the upswing. It's coming back. Kind of had a low point, but I feel like you look outside the window. There's plenty of horror. It's reflected back in society, and that's the, I think that reflects on what kind of people what kind of art people are making. And I'm I don't know. This is a seminal work, frankly. Can't, this is like heavy. I, and I'm so happy that it, it's very successful as well. This is not a book that is just like an indie darling that's holding on for dear life. It's selling very well. It's sold very well for its entire lifespan. It's gotten people hooked and they are, they're, they're buying it, which is means there'll be more of comics like it, which is good. Even if some of them kind let, of probably fall short. Let, let us hope so. Yeah. I mean, even at, at worst, we get more Al Ewing books out of it. You know, he'll get, he'll get more chances. We're already, we're already getting well, Empire. He's, he's he's crushing Empire too, and I have... look forward to six years from now when he's writing a the he's writing a, a Rorschach story. Oh god! Oh no! You excited for Rorschach, Eric? <sighs> Going with a no on that <laughs> one, buddy. <laughs> Me too. It's another book I'll probably hate. Uh... Why can't you just leave well enough alone? Stop. 
please stop. He's already dead. And corporations want safe bets. They don't care about art. Yeah, that's true. Um, anything else you want to add about Immortal Hulk? No. May he reign a hundred years. It'd be more than a hundred. World Breaker! <laughs> it's a good canon now. And every time Okada does a Rainmaker, that's all I'm going to think about now. Forever. Yeah. That was Immortal Hulk. Uh, it's great. You should read it if you haven't. If you just listen to us ramble on for about like an hour about it and you haven't, haven't read that book, you should probably do that. Uh, it, it's very good. Next time, we're going to be talking about Coda. Uh, volumes 1 through 3 by Simon Spurrier and Matthias Bergara. A book we also read like an issue or two of a long time ago and thought it was very good. And we're going to follow up, see how it, how it turned out. Beautiful fantasy comic. At, at worst, that's what it is, which is fine with me. Um, that'll do it for us today. We got the Hands Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsboyscomicshour.com. Find links to all of our stuff, our Facebook, our Twitter, to our RSS feed. If you like the show, please give it a good review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use. Those good reviews add up. Help us find new listeners. Also, I mean, tell your friends. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. All those things also help us find new listeners. And we really appreciate you for doing it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And my website is RobbieDorman.com. It has links to all of my stuff, my other podcasts, and links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, War on Halloween, comes out, like, literally came out the day prior to you listening to this. Uh, it is a hard suspense story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by the sinister reverend with secret occult powers. You can read them for free with Kindle Unlimited. I'm very proud of it. Would love you to check it out. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio at freewillunlimited.com and you can see the other things I get up to at ericzgoodnight.com. That includes uh, many of my social accounts, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, known on all services as EZ Goodnight. And with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.